Welcome back to process. Is getting things done dead? This is the idea that Cal Newport essentially presents in his new article in The New Yorker titled The Rise and Fall of Getting Things Done. I'll put a link in the show notes to this article so you can read it for yourself, but here are some thoughts that I took out of it. Cal Newport essentially boils down the issue in work to overload. If you've read Deep Work or Digital Minimalism, you kind of get that idea. That's kind of his thing. Overload is bad. Space to think and process deeply is good. Newport makes the case that part of the reason for overload is that workers' workloads are all individualized, and getting things done was designed to work around that, essentially. You get your inbox full of email, and you're the one who has to process it. Nobody really gets insight into exactly how much work you have or how busy you are. They just get to keep sending you more work. Combine this with cultures that don't necessarily make saying no friendly in a work environment, you have a recipe for overload, burnout. We have work hours that tend to trend above 40 hours per week. We have workers who tend to be burnt out. Overload is a significant problem. Getting things done was designed to accommodate this, to try to alleviate some of the overload so that you're not carrying all of the mental and emotional baggage of all the things you need to do around in your mind. You have it in a system that you can trust so that you can reference it, come back to it, and you don't have to worry about forgetting it. However, the article talks a little bit about the transitions that work has gone through over the last 80 years or so. The eight-hour workday started off in the industrial age, and as we moved into the 50s and 60s, there was a drastic shift toward more knowledge work that we call it now, where we're dealing with information versus dealing with products, physical things themselves. Then in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, there was a drastic shift towards using computers to do a lot of this work too. Then you add email into the mix and you have vast more amounts of information passing around between individuals. Now we have tons of information at our fingertips all of the time, whether that's in the workplace or even just in our personal lives. And we have a lot of information to deal with at this point. I mean, almost too much for people to handle. Newport's case in the book Digital Minimalism is that these changes were welcomed with open arms without really contesting them. And he reflects on that in this article as well. He basically states that we didn't really push back on the idea of using email on these technologies for work. We didn't really evaluate if the culture of our workplace meshed with the technology that we have. We still kind of kept doing work the same way, having the same management cultures, the same understanding towards productivity as just getting more done as we possibly can. Newport's case in this article is that we need to rethink what work looks like. And I totally agree with him on that. Sitting in front of a computer for eight to 10 hours a day is not exactly the most invigorating thing that a person can do, especially when probably six of those hours are spent responding to chat messages and emails and so on and so forth. This is why I am such a proponent of remote first work culture. The company I work for, Discourse, uses this, as well as other companies like Basecamp, Duist, and Wildbit. It puts more emphasis on people instead of the productivity. I think the root of the issue that Newport is getting at in this article is that we've tried to take the same standards of productivity from the industrial age and apply them to the current day 
knowledge work that we're doing in a digital landscape. It takes a lot of mental effort to be able to be creative. And as a result, and Newport makes this case in his book, Deep Work, we really only have about four hours of good deep work we can get to in a given day before our work level really starts to degrade the quality of the things that we're trying to produce. So there is definitely a shift that's starting to happen in work culture. I think Newport is one of the catalysts of this, or at least he's pointed it out. And I think remote work culture has the capability to bring some changes to make the workplace a little bit more healthy. The big problem is it's not holistic. When we're looking at just our work in an isolated box, we're missing the big picture. I think it all comes down to the idea of compartmentalization and individualization. When we look at our work and our lives as separate containers of sorts, we tend to forget that they have a drastic impact on one another. If something negative happens in our personal life, it's going to affect the quality of our work. I think a lot of us can attest to this just from how much the COVID-19 pandemic has affected our ability to work and to work in a focused manner. There's a lot of emotions going around with this, and it's a challenge. And when you bring that mindset into the workplace, you kind of see your own plate, and you don't really see the plates of your reports or your coworkers, unless you're able to engage in a sense of empathy with the people that you might be delegating work to. The workplace could definitely use to be a little bit more people-focused versus just productivity-focused versus just money-focused. Money's a good thing, and the point of business is to essentially make money. However, when money comes at the cost of people, there's an ethical issue there. I firmly believe that. Let's bring this conversation a little bit further back toward the ground roots here. Is getting things done dead? I would say no. Getting things done is still a very valid methodology that, especially if you're in the corporate world and you have to deal with a lot of information and keep track of a lot of little tiny things, it's very helpful to do that. Is it necessary for everyone? Absolutely not. I've been a proponent on this podcast a couple of different times about how managing projects is much better than managing individual tasks. If you can get an idea of what's on your plate in the big picture of big projects, it's a lot easier in my mind anyway to evaluate what is going on for you. Getting things done, of course, allows you to break things down into projects, but it tends to, at least in my mind, focus more on the individual tasks versus at the project level. Whereas projects can give you a really good idea of the workload that's on your plate. However, is the culture that birthed getting things done dead? Well, it's definitely very much not. But it is, I think, in need of drastic transformation and reformation. When burnout rates are increasing, when people drastically generally don't like their jobs, when they just have to put up with terrible cultures of management and the like just because they need a paycheck, that's not okay. Of course, there's always going to be companies that are better at handling people out there than others. However, I think there's a place that we can all advocate for healthier work. Newport's, I think, ultimate solution in this article is to allow managers more insight into the actual workloads that are on employees' plates. I don't necessarily think that's the issue. I think the issue is exercising more empathy. We don't necessarily need a technological solution. We don't need more insight into all the work that's happening on someone's plate. In an asynchronous organization, that's probably a good thing to have just so that managers have a sense of what is going on, especially for reports they might have that might be in a different time zone from them. 
They might not necessarily be able to directly sync up on a very regular occurrence. However, the solution is not just technological. As I mentioned, empathy and connection with people, I think, is the ultimate solution to this issue. In my experience as a manager, my number one goal was to build relationship and therefore trust with my reports. And as a result of that, I would be able to solicit genuine feedback from them as to if they were feeling overloaded. And if they were overloaded, then I can try to shift some of that burden off of them and onto somebody else whose workload isn't necessarily as big. I think it's really interesting in that many of the solutions we tend to propose today for productivity issues in the business are technical ones. They're systems, they're processes, they're tools. But not every problem needs a tool to fix it. Sometimes you have to change a mindset. Sometimes you have to change an entire culture. Tools can't do that. They can help augment the culture and the system that you already have. You have to change the way people think about work. You have to change the way you think about work before changing your productivity system, before making tweaks to your flow or automating anything is really going to get you an extra edge. In my assessment, getting things done really came in the era of the life hack. And that's really, I think, what sparked a lot of the life hack movement. Had Life Hacker, Life Hack, lots of different websites that came out. But the same time that getting things done was getting really popular. People just wanted to eke out a little bit more performance, a little extra edge using some of these productivity techniques. But if you've been in that environment for very long, you know that they only go so far. And as a result, the time and effort that you spend on the hacks and techniques and trying to tweak your system has a level of diminishing returns to it. There's a sweet spot where you can get a system that works just effectively enough for you. And then beyond there, you might be wasting your time. I mean, if you think about it, the Pareto principle, which basically says that 80% of the results come from 20% of the work that you put into it. If you can focus on that first 80% and get it good enough, and then make tweaks in areas that you're finding friction in in your system, that's way better down the road. So in summary, getting things done is not necessarily dead. It's still a tool in the toolbox that we can use. However, our thought processes and culture towards work, I think, need some adjustment to prevent us from being so burnt out and overloaded, both from a corporate managerial type perspective and as an individual. I hope this episode sparked some thoughts for you. If you did, I'd love to hear from you over on the community. Head on over to community.effectiveremotework.com. Share your thoughts there. I would love to hear what you're thinking about this episode. Thanks for listening. My name is Justin with Effective Remote Work, and I'll talk to you in the next one.